O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The true God one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of my servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious. O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. The Old Testament lesson for the fifteenth Sunday after Trinity is written in the seventeenth chapter of the first book of the Kings, beginning at the eighth verse. The Lord's word came to Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. So he rose, and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her, and said, Please, Get me a little water in a jar, that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have a cake, but a handful of meal in a jar, and a little oil in a jar. Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But make me a little cake from it first, and bring it out to me, and afterward make some for you and your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of meal will not run out, and the jar of oil will not fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house ate many days. The jar of meal didn't run out, and the jar of oil didn't fail, according to the Lord's word, which he spoke by Elijah. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fifth and sixth chapters of Galatians, beginning at the twenty-fifth verse. Brothers, if we live by the Spirit, let's also walk by the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Brothers, even if a man is caught in some fault, You who are spiritual must restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, looking to yourself so that you also aren't tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each man examine his own work, and then he will have reason to boast in himself and not in someone else. For each man will bear his own burden." But let him who is taught in the word share all good things with him who teaches. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let's not be weary in doing good. For we will reap in due season if we don't give up. So then, 
as we have opportunity. Let's do what is good toward all men, and especially toward those who are of the household of faith. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious for your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor yet for your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? See the birds of the sky, that they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of much more value than they? Which of you, by being anxious, can add one moment to his lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today exists and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, won't he much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore don't be anxious, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or with what will we be clothed? For the Gentiles seek after these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Each day's own evil is sufficient. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the past couple of weeks, the lectionary has been teaching us of the essential characteristics, one person put it, of the Christian person. And that is the essential features, the essential qualities that make up the character of a Christian. And we've heard how these include Christian love, which flows from Christ through us to the neighbor. And Christian purity, where we're cleansed by Christ to stand before an almighty, holy God. And now this morning, our Lord and St. Paul tell us of the third characteristic, singleness of heart. You could say an undivided focus. And St. Paul speaks of it in this way. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And as we've heard, and we'll hear again, St. Paul teaches that walking by the Spirit means how we love the brothers. So our focus is to be outside ourselves on our brother, even our neighbor, in love. 
But our Lord speaks of singleness of heart in this way. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Really, more than money, God and wealth. Our Lord teaches that our focus needs to be outside ourselves and on God. And so, it sounds as if, on the surface, that our Lord and St. Paul are speaking against each other. Because where should our undivided focus lay? Where should be our singleness of heart? Should it be on God, as our Lord is speaking, or on the brother that St. Paul speaks about? And to work our way through this, we have to unpack what St. Paul teaches about walking by the Spirit. And this is what he says, beginning at verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And we could really sum up what St. Paul is saying here with one simple sentence, which is, don't let pride keep your focus off your neighbor or off your brother. Because pride forces our focus back on ourselves, away from anyone else. And when that happens, we seek glory of self rather than love of our brother, so that we provoke the brother. We start to nitpick him. We start to call him out on every little sin, just to belittle him. Seeking glory of self leads to brothers fighting, and really it's for dominancy. When you're fighting to be dominant over another, one another, it causes envy and it causes bitterness. It leads to cliches and gossip in the church. Not cliches, clicks and gossip in the church. As we cut each other down, which can sow distrust and division. And all of it because the flesh craves glory and dominance. It wants to place itself above others in pride. Such is what happens when our focus is on ourselves instead of on the brother. And here's what St. Paul says about self-pride. It's a deception. It's a lie. Self-pride might convince you that you are something, St. Paul says. You might be something in your own eyes, but really that's just your eyes being blinded to the fact that you are nothing before God. Maybe even nothing before the brothers. Because any self-focus and pride that seeks earthly power or glory or dominance or reputation in the church is blind. Earthly power, those earthly things, they're not in the church. So then Paul catechizes us on how to walk in the Spirit and have singleness of heart on the brother. He says that we have singleness of heart on the brother when we see him sin, and then instead of treating him like some horrible sinner or horrible pagan, we love him and restore him in gentleness to gain the brother back. Again, see how St. Paul says we restore each other. Not in anger, but in gentleness. <coughs> and then also to have an undivided focus on the brother by carrying one another's burdens. To walk with our brother in our ups and downs together. 
to carry his burden with him if he is maybe diagnosed with cancer or he has a loved one dies or maybe he goes through a divorce. Paul doesn't say, notice, that we should just shrug our shoulders when we hear bad news about the brother and say, that's too bad, and then do nothing. He also doesn't say that we should go and take all of his burden for him and solve his problems. Now what Paul says is to carry one another's burdens, to feel what the brother feels alongside him, to suffer with him. Some of those are bigger burdens, but they're lesser burdens. Maybe there's an injury that hobbles the brother, or he struggles in job or in school. With the large or small burdens, we walk by the Spirit together, carrying those burdens together. And when we walk by the Spirit in such ways, Paul tells us to keep from being conceited, to test all those works of ours against the Word. Not to take your works and compare them against the brother and see who's better, but to, com- to take those works and compare them or rate them according to the Word, to keep us humble, so that whatever we do, whatever good thing we might do, if we compare it to the Word, it forces us to be humble before God which keeps our singleness apart on the brother, so that the flesh may not have a chance for what it craves, that dominance, to compare yourself to the neighbor and see who's better. So St. Paul says singleness of heart ought to be toward your brothers. And you do it this way. You put away deceit. You restore each other in gentleness. We carry each other's burdens. We walk in the Spirit. So says St. Paul. But then here's Christ who tells us about singleness of heart in a different way. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Christ says, Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so closes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And like we did for St. Paul, so we can do here, we can sum up all of what Christ says in a a single sentence saying, don't let your anxiety, don't let your despair, keep your focus from leaving God. This is kind of interesting compared to St. Paul. Paul doesn't want your pride to keep your focus off your brother. And here, Christ doesn't want your anxiety or despair to keep your focus off of God. And by anxiety here, in this gospel, Christ speaks of, a, of the despair of the flesh which worries about the necessities of this life, the food you'll eat, the clothes you'll wear, and in today's terms, maybe the transportation or technology you'll need for your job to survive or the reputation you'll need to survive. Now, Paul says that pride, that self-pride works by deception and lies. Lies that show us that we are something when we are nothing. But Christ here shows that despair works by showing us that we are nothing and yet still expecting every good thing from ourselves in order to live. 
A few years ago, in a booming economy, Christ's words may not have hit home as much. But now after COVID, now in a recession with historically high inflation, now we, with many other people, are asking every week, do I have enough money for food, for clothes, to fill up my gas tank? Do I have enough money for the computer or phone for work? Or even just asking ourselves, how do I keep from getting canceled to keep my job? And in despair, this type of despair, anxiety has no ceiling. It keeps spinning and spinning out of control, tearing our heart and our attention apart in several different ways. Our flesh keeps asking every week in this whirlwind, how am I supposed to live? And then it seeks every good thing by focusing on the almighty dollar or maybe working more hours or maybe looking to the gods of ideology and politics. And then forgetting about family and church and God. Our flesh begins to hope and works its magic for whatever it believes in that'll give it what it wants. So our flesh thinks it can manipulate money or it thinks it can vote for a politician or follow this idol to deliver every good thing to him and to bring us into a utopia and completely forgets about the God who created us. And when you think you can work all those things to bring you what you need, that's paganism and that according to christ is a damnable despair it's looking everywhere for what it needs but to god and so as our minds race throughout the week and as our flesh despairs christ tells us to stop and to look at the birds look at how god cares for the birds and feeds them they don't work for any of it they don't store any of it but god feeds them all the time and then Christ tells us to stop and even look at the fields. And right now, go look at the fields right before harvest. God beautifully clothes the fields. They look beautiful right now. They're here today, but yet they're harvested tomorrow. And the fields, they're here today, they're thrown into the oven tomorrow. So if God cares for the birds in the fields, don't you think he'll care for you? You who were made in his image. It's as if in our anxiety, Christ puts his hand on our chin, directs our gaze by turning our face toward creation and saying, look at God's providential care. If he cares for all that in creation that wasn't made in his image, he will care for you who is made in his image. And Christ does all that so you will focus on God alone against all that anxiety. And so here we have Paul and Christ. And Paul redirects our heart from focusing on pride to singleness of heart on the brother. And Christ redirects our heart from focusing on despair to singleness of heart on God. But again, if we are, but as, but again, as Christians, if we are to have a singleness of heart, our focus on one thing, who do we focus on? God or the neighbor? And actually, here is where St. Paul and our Lord answer the, same, answer the question the same way. They both give the same answer. In our epistle lesson, St. Paul says, one who is taught the word, really it's one who catechizes the word. The Greek word is actually catechesis. One who is catechized in the word must share all good things with the one who catechizes. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, 
to his own flesh will also from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so Paul talks about the brothers in the church, the household of faith, and now he narrows it down to how the congregation focuses on the pastor. I'll, I'll give this caveat, if you will. I preach this as your pastor, for whom you do care for and who you do treat with much honor. You treat me very well. So what Paul is saying here isn't about how you treat your pastor right now or how you compensate for his job. But what Paul says here is important and we need to consider it. What Paul is saying here is that when we focus on pride and self-glory, then our focus is not on caring and honoring the pastoral office. Not just the man in the office, but the pastoral office. And without the pastoral office, this is what Paul is saying here that's so important, without the pastoral office, there can be no singular focus on caring for the brother. And why is that? Why does Paul focus us here on the pastoral office in order to care for everyone? And to answer that question, we have to hear what Christ says. And he says in our gospel, therefore do not be anxious about Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so Christ goes from telling us to focus on how God provides for creation, and then he too narrows it down here to focusing our singleness of heart, on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that if our focus is on, on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the physical needs in life will be, for, provided, for, will be for, provided for by him as God determines his best. And here we see Christ and Paul in full agreement, although you may not see it right away. The kingdom of God is Christ crucified for your sin. Christ's righteousness in baptism is your righteousness. It's Christ crucified and risen for your justification. That is how you are made pure in the waters of baptism, where you are made clean by the blood of Christ on the cross and risen anew with him as a new man, as a son of God. And if you are a son of God, if you are a son of God for whom the Father has sent his Son and gave everything to redeem you, don't you think God will provide for you as he sees best when it comes to food, drink, and clothing? If God gave his own son for you, won't he also provide those other things, those lesser things? And so in making us pure and baptizing us in Christ, the Spirit creates, and creates us with a new heart and new eyes that are to be singly focused on the cross of Christ crucified. And when you stare at the cross, when that's your focus, when that's where your heart is alone, how can we be anxious about how we will live or eat or drink when our focus is on this? Where we see on the cross how God has already given us everything with the promise of the resurrection. 
when we put on Christ in baptism to wear his righteousness forever, and when we come to eat and drink the holiness, holiest of meals, where he provides the food of immortality, what is there to be anxious about? And through which office does Christ work to baptize us, preach, preach us the word, and feed us his flesh and blood? He works through the office of the pastor. Christ uses the office of the pastor to make us pure, to keep us pure, to keep our singleness apart on him. That's why Paul stresses to care for the office of the pastor so that we can keep, so that we can receive these gifts to keep our focus on Christ. Because with our focus on Christ crucified, that's when our anxieties are eased. That's when our pride is humbled in repentance. And as we receive everything that is God's in this supper, then we can go out and care for our brother in Christian love. When we receive everything from God in this meal, then we can go about restoring our brother from his sin. Then we can go about carrying his burdens with him. Because when we focus on Christ, then we begin to see our Lord and our brothers around us. The singleness of focus that Paul talks about and the singleness of focus that Christ talks about, it's the same. And our Lord finishes the lesson today saying, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Focus on the cross and let us not be anxious. Let us not be prideful. Let us instead focus on Christ crucified as we come to eat and drink. Then let us leave this altar today still focused on Him, looking to forgive one another and carry each other's burdens. Let us walk by the Spirit in Christian purity with the Christian focus to show Christian love. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, we beseech you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your succor, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached 
in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. 
Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.